Welcome to the Lunch Break Hymn Scene, a podcast dedicated to the rediscovery of hymns, both ancient and modern, as well as the authors who penned them. I'm your host, Frank Aiken. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and don't forget to leave that five-star review and a comment. Join in on the conversation in the break room and come socialize with us on Instagram at the Lunch Break Hymn Scene. You can support us financially through buymeacoffee.com. All of those links are in the show notes. Now, let's grab our lunch boxes and our hymnals and dig in to today's episode. Recently, I got to sit down and have a conversation in the break room with Emily Bateman with The Salter Project. The Psalter Project is a resource intended to encourage and enable psalm singing. We see music as an irreplaceable means to let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. That's Colossians 3.16. And the goal of Psalter Project is to write, publish, and promote fresh arrangements of these eternally relevant lyrics. Well, Emily Bateman, welcome to the Lunch Break Hymn Sing. Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be here. Yes, glad you could take some time and speak with us today. So um, you are with the Salter Project. And if we can just start out by just telling us a little bit about you and, and about that ministry. Absolutely. So Salter Project is an organization for singing the Psalms. That is P.S. A-L-M-S, not just songs. I get that a lot. (laughs) Um, We take the Psalms of the Bible and put them to fresh arrangements with faithful translations. So kind of our distinctive is that we're not just contemporary paraphrases, um, but on the other hand, we definitely diverge from the traditional style of singing the Psalms, which is typically metrical, like a hymn, or if you go even further back, uh, a lot of chanting. Um, so it's that's our niche there. Okay. And so how did you get started? What made you want to decide to get into, uh, into this project? Well, I grew up singing the Psalms as part of my family. So my dad is a Reformed Presbyterian minister, and so... We sang the Psalms at home as part of family devotions. I didn't fully realize just how rare that was until I left uh, home for college. Um, And I started making really good friends, you know, not just uh, service level Christians, but, you know, other pastors, kids, or, you know, really devoted Christians who had really just never even heard of the concept of singing the Psalms. You know, maybe they knew that. They were songs a long time, you know, 2000 years ago, but the idea of singing them today was foreign and cool. (laughs) Um, But there was a huge barrier in a lot of people just don't read music anymore, aren't necessarily familiar with the hymnal style. Um, So my heart was just to really bring music to a a people who could, you know, kind of speak their language, I guess. (laughs) Awesome. So what do you think you, you brought something up there? Um, you said that a lot of, a lot of people, they sort of, and I agree with you in churches, 
we don't so much read music anymore. I know, um, and I grew up in a Reformed Presbyterian church as well. So the pastor, you know, we would open up a, a hymnal and you would kind of know, even if you didn't know the tune, you could kind of tell, you know, even at a young age, you know, okay, here's, I know what these notes mean for me to, for me mm-hmm. to do. What do you think happened there? What, what do you think uh, happened in churches? Well, to be honest, on a practical level, I don't think it has so much to do with churches as it does with just the way that we consume music as a culture in general. I think the internet uh, was a huge explosion um, and, and, and the, the, just the ability to have widespread listening to music that people can now consume music by listening to it primarily, um, whereas it used to be you know, in the dark ages, (laughs) if you wanted to listen to music, you had to actually play it yourself or go to a concert and listen to it being played live. Um, So yeah, just the fact that we, as a culture, primarily learn music nowadays simply by listening to it rather than reading it contributed a lot to that. Yeah, I think today it, you're right. I mean, it's, it's it's very easy to pick up a, a a a hymnal or you know look online and and see that you know find a song and just hit hit play and you're listening mm-hmm. to it. Um, whereas you know, I think in in our you know back when we were growing up, you know, old four thousand tongues to sing. You know, it's well, mm-hmm. you know, how do you how do you uh, play that? And you're right. I mean, just you have to you have to pick up a, a, a hymnal, pick up the piano, and kind of um, play those play those notes. Plunk out the tune. Yep. <laughs> and who really does that anymore? Yeah. Um, so, tell us a little bit about how you got started with the Salter Project. Well, it was it was a combination of things for sure. Um, I had some health issues in college that, uh, so when I was able to graduate, but when I finished, I was not able to take a full-time job, moved back home with my parents, felt like a failure for a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And during that time, uh, my family and especially my brother, Derek, encouraged me to uh, do something with the composition degree that I just earned. And uh write some music. So it it came out of kind of a hard place, but also I think looking back, I don't, I don't know that I would have ever really taken the time and opportunity to start this because it's not a, it's not a moneymaker, right? We're not, we're not, uh, uh, basically we we make just enough money to keep the project going to, to fund itself. Um, so I don't know that I would have ever really taken the time to prioritize this project the way I did if I hadn't been forced to stay at home and uh, do that. But um, yeah, so that was that was a big part of it. And then uh, on a practical level, I uh, contacted Kevin Twitt of Indelible Grace, kind of out of the blue. He's a campus minister, and so I just looked up his contact information online cold turkey like 
hi, I'm this random person. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you're not familiar with Indelible Grace, they're a project that uh, retunes old hymns. So I thought, okay, retuning old hymns, that's pretty similar to what I want to do. You know, I want to retune old psalms. And so he was very gracious, super helpful, said um, uh, just a quick phone conversation and ended up saying, oh, yeah, you sound like you're in a pretty good place. You just need a producer. And I was like, a producer? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Very unfamiliar with the uh, music industry. Um, and so he recommended Jeremy Casella, who had also been involved with Indelible Grace, also does his own music. Um, and I, a few weeks later, I was on a plane down to Nashville. And Jerry, Jeremy Casella is the producer who really brought to life our first album, Highways in Our Hearts, which was uh, a really huge um, just starting boost to, again, someone who was very unfamiliar with the music industry as a whole. That, that had to be really cool. So you're, you're on a plane to Nashville. Oh, yeah. What are you, what are you thinking going in, you know, with, with there? Oh yeah, no, I, it was, it was fantastic. I never, never actually been to Nashville before. I've traveled a lot as a military kid, but, um, never spent time in music city until then. And it was, yeah, it was just fantastic. It was a real privilege to be able to work with Jeremy and uh, the musicians that he brought on for recording as well. Uh, just everyone was very gracious and friendly and professional and it was a blast. That, that's amazing. I've had the opportunity to, to meet uh, both, both uh, Jeremy and, and Kevin and, and they're, they're great guys. And, and it, that, that sounds like Kevin. I mean, you reach out to him on something like that and he's going to, it's it's like he's got the world of of resources at his fingertips. So uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested in the writing process of it. And you said that you um, have a degree in composition. So talk to me about how you put put this to music. Yeah. So I I want to say most of the time it starts with the lyrics. Um, I do not write my own lyrics. I'm not good at writing my own lyrics. I've tried a couple times and it's, it's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For the first few albums, my brother Derek uh, was huge in metricizing and kind of poeticizing the words of the Psalms. Um, And then for the most recent one, I guess I did that primarily myself, Um, but the the whole contour of the music everything about the music my intention and goal at least is to reflect the psalm to reflect the lyrics um so it's it's very lyrics driven and then as far as so for most of the music not not all i mean i've i've tried to incorporate especially in our second cd the good life we had several co-songwriters come on with that um but I kind of just write out the bare bones, if you will, the chord chart, um, the lead sheet. And then from there, the musical aspect of bringing different instruments and musicians together to record an album has been very different each time (laughs) for, for all four of our albums. 
so that's got to be that's got to be pretty interesting though because I guess like it and I've and as I've listened to them, I mean, there's you can tell like you know p- different people bring different styles um, mm-hmm. to the table, and I think it was the I was I was watching your concert online for your latest album, um, Bitter Herbs, mm-hmm. and um, really like that. I love that flute. It um yeah bitter herbs was the first time that we actually have had a live band coming together and rehearse over a season and then do some live concerts together as a band um and i'm just absolutely thrilled with the way it turned out uh, both live and in the recording so oh that's cool that that sounded really good i mean i i I really enjoyed i really enjoyed listening to it and and then watching the the musicians play together. It's probably just me, although as I'm talking, to, as I've talked to people who have been involved in psalm, uh, in in psalms and getting psalms into the church, you know, they've kind of um, politely uh, corrected me, I think, if you will, in in pointing me in the directions of folks that have that have done work with psalms and and getting music into into the church. But I think there's still an element of that that's still missing in the church. And and so I guess how would we how would how would I, as a church musician, as someone who's now you know leading my congregation in music each week, how do you get psalms back into the congregation back in, into the, the lips of the congregation? That's a really tough question because it has both practical and spiritual implications. Um, And I think there's the the answer to why don't we have more Psalms in our congregations can vary widely depending on who exactly your congregation is. (laughs) There are some congregations uh, that do sing Psalms every week, um, but there's such a huge variety in like what church or even to say I'm a Christian anymore in America hardly means the same thing, uh, depending on, you know, well, are you attending, a you know, particularly open, uh, or what was the word I'm looking for? Um, a secret sensitive mm-hmm. church yep. um, tends to have a very, very different style and content than say, you know, a, a traditional reformed or Presbyterian church, you know, I just, there, there's so much variety um, both in what people are seeking to do spiritually and again, going back to the practical side of music, the internet has for better or for worse given us so many different options that it's hard to find exactly what you're looking for. Um, To be honest, when I think of the most practical answer to your question of how to introduce Psalms to your congregation, I still, even after doing all my work with Psalter Project, I still tend to go back to the hard copy metrical Psalters um, because there, there are so many resources available for those both online and um kind of in person if you will (laughs) (laughs) um if you want to introduce more contemporary style psalms then it just requires a lot of research 
<laughs> so, and they're out there. Um, there's a Facebook group that I'm a part of called the Liturgy Fellowship that does consistently have new resources being linked all the time to different psalm settings, psalm paraphrases, uh, even chanting the psalms. Mm. There's there it really is a wide variety of people bringing back the psalms. I think especially in um, what I see at least is Anglican and Presbyterian churches uh, are really seeking to give fresh arrangements to the Psalms. Yeah. It's funny you bring up that, that Facebook group because I'm, I'm a part of that also. And okay. I, <laughs> I actually went there and I posed that question when we first started, I was sharing with you before we started to record that in, in my church, we are mm-hmm. starting, we are going through the Pilgrim Psalms, the Psalms of Ascent. And, mm-hmm. and so I got on that Facebook group and, and asked the question, hey, I'm looking for resources to, to sing Psalms because I, I, I'm real, you have a lot of resources for hymns, but, you know, do I know, do I have a lot of resources for Psalms? And, and immediately, you know, I, I mean, just a chain of just, you know, really good comments on, you know, just offering resources. So yeah, you're right. They're out there. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. It's, it's, uh, if somebody wants to do this, somebody wants to get Psalms into their congregation and they should get mm-hmm. online and, and, uh, and, and start doing yeah. research, but you're right. It's also, I mean, there's some good, you know, just like there's good hymns and bad hymns out there. Um, and good song. I, I think there's, there's probably some, you know, some, bad translations of of psalms that that we sing um why is that that yeah. that's pretty important right how we translate um the psalms into what we sing absolutely so that is i think one of the most distinct features of psalter project is that we are very very careful about our lyrics <laughs> um our goal is to be able to say this is the word of god you know, and that's, that's heavy. (laughs) I can't say this is the word of Emily and the word of God, (laughs) you know, it's one or the other. Um, and most modern Psalm settings that you will find are going to have some level of paraphrase mixed in there. Um, there are some that are very, very close or some that I, I would say are you know, beautiful and appropriate um, Christological interpretations of Psalms, for example. Um, But regardless of how exactly you paraphrase, you are inevitably putting your own interpretation on that Psalm. Um, And so you can no longer say, this is the word of God. You can say, this is my setting or my interpretation, my arrangement of the word of God. Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to like say that's, uh, you know, bad or useless or whatever. Some, some of them are very, very good, but it requires, again, as a music leader, you have to have the discernment to then take the next step of picking through the Psalm setting and making sure that <laughs> it's what you're actually looking for. Um, whereas my goal with Psalter project is that you can be confident that I'm not just trying to put my own spin on it. I'm not giving you paraphrases. I'm giving you translations. Yeah. That's real important. And we're thankful that, that 
you're taking the time to to do that for sure. So you have four albums out now. Uh, the the most recent one, uh, Bitter Herbs. So that one is a psalm, psalms of lament and anger. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, talk to us a little bit about that, about that project or about that album. Yeah. So this is the first album that actually started with a theme in mind. Most of the other ones, I'm just like, all right, we're doing the Psalms. Here we go. (laughs) For this one, I did actually have a particular desire to bring out some of the Psalms that are perhaps less common, uh, less (laughs) well-known because of, in particular, their content. It's really difficult to sing, especially corporately, songs of lament and anger because we're not, as a culture, comfortable in dealing with those emotions and specifically publicly. Um, perhaps, you know, in the privacy of my own home, I'll, I'll have a good cry, I'll, you know, cry myself to sleep or whatever, you know, <laughs> or punch a hole in the wall. <laughs> but um, to display those emotions publicly is generally not acceptable. Um, and yet the Psalms were written and compiled as corporate worship for the nation of Israel. And they include a huge amount of lament and anger um so yeah that was that was kind of a a push behind that album yeah i think that's 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 great definitely you're right i mean there's the you know there's a there's a singing and and you know entering his courts with thanksgiving in our hearts and, and all of those things and um but there is also much lament and anger in the Psalms and, and the people of God sang them. And, and we should be singing those, those two and, and knowing, you know, looking to the Lord as, as the one who, who watches over us and who takes that, uh, that from us and who comforts us. He's the one that, mm-hmm. that comforts us. So, um, so what's in the future? And when we come to choosing topics for worship with the Psalms, the goal is not to, you know, just, pick our own and choose our own, but that, that we're following God and what he has chosen for us to sing for worship. Um, so there's always the danger. I mean, even with the Psalms, there's 150 Psalms. <laughs> it's hard to balance all of them, but regardless, taking what the content is there and trying our best to look at what, what is God saying here? How is God directing us in worship? rather than simply saying, this is what I think is important or what I think we should do. Yeah, absolutely. So what is next for the Salter Project? Well, I'm seven and a half months pregnant. So (laughs) what's next is taking a little bit of a break. (laughs) Um, No, but we actually, so my brother-in-law, John Schindel, was huge, absolutely instrumental in producing this latest album, Bitter Herbs. And he is all fired up to continue the concert series that we began this summer, next summer. Okay. And which I'm I'm super excited about too. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get the exact same band together uh, 
various members may be going different ways. Um, but we definitely plan to continue doing live events in the Treasure Valley, Idaho. Uh, that's Boise and surrounding areas for those of you who don't live here. <laughs> um, and hopefully a couple of years down the road, we'll, we'll be looking at a new album. That's great. The, the eventual goal is all 150 Psalms. So, you know, 15 albums, give or take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, so where can folks find you on online or how can they socialize with you? Salterproject.com. And that is Salter with a P in front. <laughs> P-S-A-L-T-E-R, salterproject.com. That's, you can find pretty much anything you want from the website. We do also have a Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, all, all the different, you know, social media stuff. I'm, I'm not very good at that, but <laughs> it's all under the moniker Salter Project. Well, fantastic. Well, yeah, and we'll make sure that we put a link uh, in the show notes so that folks can go and, and check you out. And uh, Emily, thank you again for joining us today. And uh, we look forward to uh, to, to seeing uh, more of, of what the Lord has in store for you and, and your ministry. And, and thank you for uh, getting the Psalms into the hands of our congregations. Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been great to chat with you. I lift up my eyes to the mountains But what is the source of my aid? My help can be found only with the Lord Both heaven and earth He has made He never allows for your keeper does not go to sleep See now that the keeper of Israel He never will slumber nor sleep The Lord is your keeper
hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Lunch Break Hem Sing. We look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, enjoy your lunch break.